the Steelers are in prime position to add multiple impact players in the NFL draft. Nothing can go wrong, right? Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Steelers general manager Omar Khan has been very busy building what he hopes is a winning roster for 2023. This week, Khan is capping off his string of signing nine free agents to shore up a plethora of positions in Pittsburgh with a trade to provide QB Kenny Pickett with a veteran wide receiver. The Steelers were said to be putting the finishing touches on a deal with the Rams to bring Allen Robinson into town by swapping seventh-round picks in the upcoming draft. The Rams get pick number 234, while the Steelers fall back to position number 251. Not a big deal. Pittsburgh also will pay Robinson a nice chunk of change for 2023, a reported $5 million. But the Rams are eating twice that after their Robinson signing didn't quite work out. In truth, the soon-to-be 30-year-old receiver has tailed off considerably the past two seasons. But the Steelers believe he can still run all the routes and will provide Pickett with a reliable red zone target. And the veteran can be a mentoring presence in the team's otherwise young gun receiving room. All in all, it appears to be a nice capstone for Khan's warm-up act to the draft, which begins the evening of April 27th. And it is must-see TV. Make no mistake. This is where the future of the Steelers will be determined. With three picks in the top 50, Kahn and Pittsburgh are in prime position to add a trio of blue-chip players fresh from college who should be Steelers playmakers for the next decade or so. The work Kahn has accomplished in free agency gives him some freedom to select that mythical of all draft prospects, quote, the best player available, and they can do so at pick 17, 32, and 49. This is all because Khan has already filled many of the Steelers' roster holes with solid, if not splashy, signings. The Steelers, as they stand heading into the NFL selection meeting, are still in need of a top offensive tackle to protect concussion-prone Pickett and his blind side. Hey, they could sure use a shutdown cornerback to replace their best outside pass defender, Cameron Sutton, whom Khan allowed to be plucked away by the Chicago Bears. And of course, assistant GM Andy Weald's love of big bodies would be requited by landing a top scale-tipping but speedy athlete along the defensive line, especially with the great but graying Cam Hayward not getting any younger. With only 16 players to be taken ahead of the Steelers' slot in the first round, 
Pittsburgh should land on an elite athlete at one of those areas of need. Hey, there's been lots of talk about Khan and the Steelers swinging a trade to go up and get a player in the top 10, but that would reduce the team's remaining draft ammo to seed the roster with young talent at multiple positions, and they would include middle linebacker, edge rusher, wide receiver, and or the secondary. Given all this, it looks to be much more prudent for the Steelers to stand pat and pick that best player to fill one of the team's top needs, especially at tackle or and corner. Surely, a large contingent of Steelers Nation will be pulling for one Joey Porter Jr. They want to see the second generation of his family on the black and gold. Penn State fans would be pleased too. Yet Peter Schrager, the well-sourced and unabashedly nerdy pigskin personality with the NFL Network, predicts that even more perfect player will fall into the Steelers' laps. Schrager's carefully considered mock draft has speed-blessed behemoth Paris Johnson Jr. headed to Pittsburgh, where he would hold off pass rushers for Pickett for the next decade. In predicting this pick, Schreger notes that the Steelers, quote, love plucking players from Ohio State, and Johnson Jr. is ready to play right now. As for overlooking Porter Jr.'s Steelers bloodlines, Schrags apologizes, quote, I have Pittsburgh passing on Joey Porter's son, which doesn't feel right. Oh, well, unquote. Hey, some in Steelers Nation are sure to be disappointed should this prediction be borne out. But the sight of Paris in Pittsburgh would be a huge win for the Steelers and it would put Pickett and company on a path to finally winning a playoff game and ending the franchise's six seasons of postseason futility. And that would be beautiful. We have much more on the draft, the Steelers' emerging strategy, and a way too early look at how things stack up in the AFC North. It's all in this week-away edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. And be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the Steelers' draft suspense to life and alas. Right now, let's get right to it. So the suspense is killing us. Let's face it, Steelers Nation. We want to know how will the draft unfold for the Steelers? particularly that all-important first round with Pittsburgh perched at pick 17. Well, we're going to turn to Brian Batko with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for some answers. But Batko is teasing us. He gives us a mock draft painting somewhat of a worst-case scenario for your favorite football team. And believe me, the Steelers can't afford to miss on any one of those 
three picks in the top 50 of this draft. But it all starts with giving the first round right. They got to nail it. But what if all goes wrong? Here's Batco with that scary Steelers scenario. He writes, quote, In theory, the Steelers should be able to secure an, an instant impact contributor or a prospect with the upside to be a star with that pick 17. But with that said, everything is relative, unquote. That's the suspense that we're talking about. And after an unexpected first 16 picks in Batco's mock, the scary mock, here's who he has remaining when the Steelers are finally on the clock. At quarterback, he has Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. So they get passed over in the top half of the draft, but it does no good for the Steelers. They have wide receiver Jordan Addison still there. He's the picket favorite. They have Zay Flowers, Zaxon Smith-Nibja. At offensive line, they have Dewan Jones, Anton Harrison, and Osiris Torrance. At defensive line, they have Brian Breeze and Keon White. At edge, Nolan Smith. At linebacker, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, and Trenton Simpson. At cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes, Haley Ringo, and Cam Smith. So all of the tackles and the premium cornerbacks are gone in this scenario. What do the Steelers do? Well, we're going to go back to Batco with the breakdown. Quote, who would the Steelers' best player available be in this scenario? Hey, that's anyone's guess. Breeze probably fits the bill best, but he carries more injury red flags than any other first-round candidate. White is intriguing, more so as a second-round pick than in the first, given that he's already 24 after spending six years in college. The wide receivers all would be tempting in this spot, giving Kenny Pickett an always-open inside guy. The offensive line options are uninspiring, though at least Harrison is a left tackle. There's no more room at the end for another guard, which Torrance is through and through. Any of the inside linebackers would be generally viewed as a reach. Same goes for the remaining cornerbacks with all three of Forbes, Ringo, and Smith being viewed as boom or bust prospects. As deep as this secondary class is at corner, the next tier of players might not be much of a drop-off from this group available in the first round to the Steelers. If nothing else, this scenario would present a wild card situation for the Steelers. That could come in the form of making a pick you expect or simply trading back, especially with those two high-ceiling quarterbacks available, unquote. And that could be the key. I mean, this is, again, uh, admittedly a made-up scenario by Batco, but those quarterbacks, while they do nothing for Pittsburgh, they have their guy in picket, they could be some nice trade bait for the Steelers to fall back a bit if any of those uh, premium tackles or any of those premium cornerbacks are gone. And, and the, the DL guys 
don't really move the needle and might get a similar talent in the second round on the defensive line. So it's it's uh, if the if the draft board breaks that way for the Steelers, which it probably won't. Omar Khan can wheel and deal that pick to stock up on even more talent later in the draft. Steelers love taking wide receivers, especially in rounds two through four, but will they this year, especially with this late addition of veteran wideout Allen Robinson via trade with the Rams? Certainly seems to lessen the chances there, but what do we make of the trade and what What's Robinson's role with the Steelers? For that, we turn to Mike DeFabio with The Athletic, who breaks it all down. He writes, quote, The Steelers will get Robinson for a swap, which ESPN reported is picks number 251 in exchange for pick 234, as we've said earlier. Significantly, the Rams will retain $10.25 million of Robinson's salary. $5.25 million of which they've already paid in a March roster bonus. That means the Steelers will pay only the remaining $5 million, which is not really an only, that's a lot of money. But generally, the terms make this a low-risk acquisition with upside. Robinson will turn 30 in August, but he brings nine years of experience to a young receiver room and the versatility to line up at any receiver position the Steelers have in their system. However, the low cost of the trade reflects Allen's inconsistent production over the last two seasons. Things certainly didn't work out as planned for the Rams or Robinson. The veteran receiver totaled just 33 catches for 339 yards and three touchdowns in 10 games before a stress fracture in his foot required season-ending surgery. The Steelers are taking a flyer here. The hope is he will return to full strength and his production will rebound. In an ideal world, he'll round out the receiving room to give second-year QB Kenny Pickett another target. At the same time, he can provide mentorship to a young crop of receivers that includes a pair of second-year players George Pickens, who figures to be the number one, Calvin Austin the third, who didn't play at all last year due to injury, and of course, the 26-year-old, quote, veteran in Deontay Johnson, who's looking to bounce back from a somewhat subpar season. Of course, Pickens, Johnson, and Robinson figured to be the top three candidates to be the starters. Because Robinson can run any route from any spot on the field, Steelers do have some nice options. The trade also might shuffle some priorities and needs in the draft. The acquisition of Robinson won't preclude the Steelers from drafting another receiver, but it does diminish the need quite a bit. Quote, hey, that's a great breakdown from DeFabio giving us the ins and outs on the Robinson deal and how it reshuffles that receiving room and perhaps the Steelers draft. Kenny Pickett gets another weapon in his arsenal, so you gotta like that, Steelers Nation. And really, you know, we wanna see Pickett shine in his sophomore season. He's gotta open it up, he's gotta throw deeper. We can't wait to the end of games to try to pull it out. We, we need more consistent offensive production, and it really does start with Pickett and bringing the splash play back to the offense. 
Again, though, trading for a 30-year-old receiver doesn't have near the impact of those blue-chip players fresh from college at the top of the draft. They're the playmakers for the next decade. And these come only in the upper reaches of the NFL draft. That's why this draft matters so much to these 2023 Steelers. But there is another reason. The Steelers entered the year as a distinct underdog in their own division. Forget about ending that six-year no-playoff-win streak. The Steelers have to get back to the days of dominating the AFC North. But as the current dean of Steelers scribes, that being Jerry Dulac with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, says, that's going to take some doing. And some more talent, such as from those top three picks in the top 50, Dulac describes the Steelers' dilemma within its own division this way. Quote, for years, teams in the AFC North have had to find ways to beat the Steelers to get out of their own division and into the postseason. That's the way it was. Now, the objective has changed. It's how to beat Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who are aiming for their third consecutive AFC North crown. How to do it? Well, for the Steelers, the answer is finding cornerbacks who can combat the Bengals' quarterback and his trio of receivers. That's why corner has become a top priority in the draft. Being able to stop the running game against the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns is important, too. Uh, enter the defensive line need, right? But those teams aren't that far ahead of the Steelers. The Bengals are, and the Steelers need to address it in order to right the ship with the playoffs and the division and everything. Since 2001, the Steelers have finished either first or second in the AFC North 17 times. They won the division outright 10 times but they haven't won the AFC North at least three years in a row since 1997 when they won their fourth consecutive title. The Ravens have never won the division more than two years in a row, and this is the first time the Bengals have won at least two in a row. And now the question is, can they make it three, unquote? Hey, it's a good question, and the Steelers better have the right answers starting with this draft next week. Because all the odds makers say Cincinnati is the favorite in this division. Now we have Dulac's post-Gazette colleague, Paul Zeiss, who offered his own 2023 preview of the AFC North. But his take isn't favorable at all to the Steelers, yet at least Pittsburgh is not in the division basement. That distinction belongs to a surprising team. Here's Paul Zeiss sizing up where the Steelers sit within their own division. Quote, the Bengals are the best team, and I think they will be as long as Joe Cool, i.e. Burrow, is their quarterback. I like the Browns' roster a lot, too, so if Deshaun Watson figures it all out, they could be scary as well. I actually think if Lamar Jackson doesn't return to Baltimore, the Ravens will be the worst team. 
But looking at it now, I think the Steelers, no matter what, will be the second best team in the division. So, well, it's it's not that unfavorable, but he still is not predicting the Steelers to break the Bengals' streak and let them go a three-peat in the AFC North. Well, you know, back in the Big Ben days, he feasted upon the lights of the Bengals and, of course, the Browns the two teams from his home state of Ohio. It would be sure nice to see the Steelers get back to that. We'll have to wait and see. But the real suspense is Omar Khan and company. How are they going to help change this situation starting April 27th? That's when the first round of unfolds. Pittsburgh is in prime position with its picks. Now it's all about pulling the trigger on the players who can make a real impact this season and, of course, beyond. Who are they? We'll know very, very soon, and we will cover it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast. Sign up and get it fresh every Wednesday. It's available wherever you get your podcast or your favorite audio. And, of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.